What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news and the most interesting people with a touch of what, Terence? Touch of good old humor, man. Good old humor, yeah. man. Today's it's a special one. It's a special, special one. one. A special one because me, me and Terence, we're sitting next to each other and we're sitting opposite a very, very special guest mm. who we first met at a conference that we hosted like three months ago. Mm. And since then, we've been in touch. We talked about him coming on our podcast and he's here today. And he is none other than Minister of State Alvin Tan. Uh, and he's Minister of State for Trade and Industry and Community, Culture and Youth. Yes. Well done. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to address him as Elvin. Uh, right? Yes. Because yeah, I forgot so cool everything idea. I just said. <laughs> <Too long. laughs> exactly. Welcome to Yalabad. Very happy yes, to be welcome. here, guys. Awesome. Oh, it fantastic. Was, I think we first met you in May when we were moderating a panel for an event for Google. Uh, we met you and we're like, this guy's chill. Uh, this guy's cool. Let's get him on our podcast. And yeah, today yeah. is November. You've been traveling a lot. Been traveling and going to be traveling next week, so this is a good time. Oh, oh perfect, yeah. perfect. Ah, can you say where you're traveling to? I'm going to Mexico. Wow, is this yeah. for work or for, for work? But people think I'm going there. To work. <laughs> <laughs> we could Chicharito <laughs> Mexico for Singapore or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, like this trip, how long? How long are they typically? It's going to be in a week. Mm. Yeah, so I'm representing MTI yeah. on a trade mission there. Yeah, oh, but wow. it's the second time. Actually, the third time I've been there. What first as a backpacker, mm. and then oh. this year twice already. Oh really? Yeah. So how, back- how long ago was that backpacking yeah. stint? That is in two thousand and nine. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember where you went? Yes, Playa del Camon mm. and uh, Chichen Itza. Wow. But did you do the Beautiful. whole backpacking, like stay at a hostel, yes. kind of thing? So I did in Mexico. I yeah. did it in uh, Brazil, São Paulo, Manaus, in the Amazon. Mm. Wow. Rainforest backpacked. Yeah. Uh, Rio de Janeiro, and then we hopped over to Argentina. Mm. Was it like alone, or you weren't alone with you were- my wife? Oh, yeah. okay. So we were we just got married, we were students, and then yeah. we just backpacked. Oh, so, so, so this is like the second time you're going back after This is well for Mexico, I went to Mexico in May. Okay, okay. So this time representing Singapore again for mm. trade uh, discussions in but next week. No backpacking on this trip now. Yeah, it's a different life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I prefer backpacking. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> you wear, you know, you just chapalang, you know, you just go. That's uh, fine. Now, now yeah. if you slip away on your own to get a coffee, it'll be like uh, a national crisis. Uh, yeah, right? national crisis. <laughs> I know, but I think my colleagues will be a bit nervous, lah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that's why. But you speak Spanish? Habla español? Non habla español. Non habla español. Mm, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I also did backpacking in Mexico, two thousand and eight. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was it was great, and I Where did the whole uh, Mexico City, Teotihuacan. Mm. And one more Flores, I think Flores or it's Flores nice. in Guatemala. But that yeah. must be something like that. That you you now traveling to places is a very different kind of endeavor for you. Uh. Mm. Do you think you could ever possibly do that kind of backpacking trip again? I certainly hope so. You hope and so. I think it shouldn't be an issue. Really, but uh, security and and all well, that as well, I you know if we're going on a break, then mm. you know I keep it as low key as possible. Mm. We just do our thing. Uh, back before I joined government, I'm like, I, I travel almost every week. Yeah. Mm. And then you just, you know, my, my trick is don't never ever check in. Mm. So you put a, like a gym oh, bag uh, and then you wear sneakers and then you run to the uh, plane yeah. and then you're out again. So uh, one one cannot because yeah, you have a, yeah. a team with you. So it's a, very, a little bit different. Mm. <laughs> Unless you get them all to run with you. I'd like. uh, rather not. Like, <laughs> everyone yeah. backpacks together. Everyone. <laughs> everyone backpacks together. But I mean, it's interesting you said before you joined the government, mm. right? So one thing when, when we first met you and even ahead of this, like your experience before government is quite varied. 
There was private mm. sector, non-profit sector, and then government. Quite chapalang. Yeah. Tech and you also big tech. You also yeah. work for big tech. Yeah. Right. So what, like what, 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 just what's the high, high level thought process of your journey so far? Like coming out, because you worked in banking as well. Mm. Mm. Right. Goldman Sachs, then uh, Facebook. Facebook, yeah. then LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. Before that, I was at the UN. Mm. And, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit roja, a bit chapalang. Mm. But if there's one underlying thread is, uh, I just... I'm a very curious person, mm-hmm. very curious mind. I, I try to learn as much as I can. So even in banking, uh, I didn't go in having a huge knowledge of banking, but I went in and you just learned a lot. I mean, if you, if you're, I was very blessed to have very good mentors and they just taught me about this. Mm-hmm. And I thought after some time about, I, I was there for about five years in Hong Kong, Singapore, Boston. Uh, but after a while, if you, if you feel like, okay, I've, I've, I've exhausted what I've learned, you go in there, you, you act- every single job that you start off, you're drinking from the fire hose. Yeah. Yeah. But after a while, if you have platoon, you've found that you've, you know, you've learned as much as you can mm. and there's something else that you want to learn, then I'm, I'm very, very open to doing so. Mm. Yeah. So about five years after banking, then I went to tech and that time Facebook was actually very small. I was one of the f- uh, first couple of, um, I think about the hundredth employee in Facebook. Mm. Here in, in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. What year was that? I think it was 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we were starting to grow. We were traveling every week. We were starting to, you know, build offices here and there. And I didn't have a, a, a big tech background, but then you started to learn again. Mm. So, and in government also, when you move in, you also start to learn again. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I find that if you kind of, you just have that, cu- I have that curiosity. Mm. And that what, that's what drives me across different. But was that always the plan? Because I know you mm. mentioned earlier your career background. When you look at mm. it, it feels very rojang. <laughs> but it's a very good type of rojang. It's mm. the Goldman Sachs, LinkedIn, yeah, Facebook kind of rojang. <laughs> yeah. You know, very high quality ingredients. <laughs> yeah. So was it always building up towards like eventually, you know, running for government and, and, and being in a position you're now? Because, you know, it like you know, Steve Jobs says, sometimes those dots, they're out there, but they don't currently connect. But when you look back, then you start to see where they connect. Do you look back at your career and realize all this was leading up to where you are today? Yeah? Mm, I think it does connect in many different ways. And there's an underlying thread about they're just like being very curious mm. and just have a hunger for learning and a desire to just get different experiences. But there's also an underlying threat and that is mm. um, wherever I went, whether it, whether it be the UN or, or banking or in tech, I always had the uh, interest of Singapore at heart. Mm. Always. That is, I mean, it can sound very cheesy and everything, but it does. I mean, yeah. everywhere I went uh, overseas, you know, people say, like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Singapore. It's like, oh, Singapore. You know, I have had good experience. Yeah, good experience. And it made me feel quite proud mm. wherever that I went. I'm, and I'm like, oh, okay, actually... Uh, this is something, you know, if I had a chance to go and serve in public office or public service, that could be something. Okay. So it was something from traveling that made you realize or growing up already, you were, you were like a proud Singaporean? I think for many of us, uh, I mean, my, my parents uh, were actually quite poor. I mean, they, they lived in a kampong mm. and my mom was the, was, you know, she had to work to support her family. So in those times, you know, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew was really seen as somebody who really helped them to move from, you know, the proverbial third world to first. Uh. Mm. So there's always that. I mean, that generation, our parents' generation, mm. our grandparents' generation, yeah. they always imbued that in, in, into us. Mm. When we moved into, you know, HDB flats, when my, my grandfather had chickens in his, in his HDB flat outside. Yeah, mm. yeah. So even on my mother's side and my father's side, they always said, hey, you know, our nation was quite improbable. improbable. Mm. Yeah, and so it, it generated that kind of pride. And, you know, it's like it, you know, if you had the opportunity to serve one day, you know, you, you should ought to serve. So I, one of my friend's mom was an MP 
Mm. Her name is Dr. Lily Neo. She mm. came, she, uh, she's actually Indonesian, previously Medan. Uh, and then she came to Singapore because of the racial riots in Medan. And uh, when Mr. Lee Kuan Yew asked her to serve, she just said, no, seeing what happened in Indonesia and coming to Singapore, mm. uh, I'm so grateful for this environment that mm. I can then you know, thrive, be a doctor. And she said, whatever Mr. Lee Kuan Yew asked her to do or serve, she would do it for him yeah. because of the country that he's built. So then, you know, initially when I, uh, I, I also quite enjoyed uh, in, uh, volunteering, mm. but she said, why don't you come and, you know, serve with me uh, in Chinatown? And so I said, okay, I'll try. And she said, give you three months and just see whether you're, mm. it's impactful for you. Yeah. So I joined three months and after that, within a, a blink of an eye, it was like 15, 16 years. Mm. Oh, yeah. really? Because, you know, the way that she treated our, because in Chinatown, yeah. there were a large proportion of seniors. Yeah. There was also a large. Uh, there was also a proportion of vulnerable families, mm. and for her, the way that she just looked after you can just read all the, you know, the past news about her and mm. the way that she treated the seniors, that looked after vulnerable families, it struck a chord with me. You see, mm. yeah, and so yeah, just so. Just, how young were you when that? I was at I was twenty four. Twenty mm. four. Yeah. So that was after your studies. After my studies, came back. Uh, she said, "You know, and so I you, were, you were working in Goldman and doing no, that. No, that was uh, I was I was back. I was uh, still serving in. Uh, I had a small um, bond with uh, SAF because mm. actually I didn't do well in my studies in mm. JC. I repeated a year. Mm -hmm. Then I had CDD for my A levels. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So my only route was to go uh, then because I couldn't get to university. Was to get was just uh, sign on. Uh. Mm. So I had a small." Um, uh, a bursary called yeah. the local award. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I used that, and then I served four years of my bond after coming oh, back in the army. Uh, yeah, in in different in the army. Primarily. I see. Wait, so actually, can we just uh hmm. go a little deeper into that? Because uh, I think what uh, I think I've heard you speak in public before about you're not the straight A student that you know everything was fast track all the way to a co a cushy spot in government either la. So I, I think that's something that um. You know, in Singapore, a lot of young people say we we place too much emphasis on academics and all these things. So, do you ever feel like, um, because of you know, if like I think uh, I'm very glad that you are very open about sharing what your scores were in school and everything. Because I sometimes I see on forums and all that, the kids today are like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to fail this exam. I feel like killing myself, and, and really, really mm -hmm. sad news like that, la. So, do you ever feel like um, the did you ever feel a certain kind of cynicism or bitterness about the education, uh, you know, how education is in Singapore at that point when you were, you know, uh, not scoring as well as you would have liked to. La. And then how how did that square with what you're saying about all your life, you know, you've always felt this Singapore's improbable, improbable nation and, you know, need to give back society. But how did those two things coexist? La? Yeah, I think in the past, uh, so one, there's a macro picture, right, where, you know, I think when Singapore's industrializing, then you really had to make sure that you know, we quickly upskill uh, and also educate our population. Mm. And in that time, also absence the internet and the proliferation of knowledge, a lot of that knowledge was imparted through road learning. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that one, you know, I'm, growing up, I my learning style is very different. I don't know. I, I I could not really jive with, you know, road learning. You know, I mean, yes, you can try. You can try to iterate and, you know, do road and try to memorize everything. But my way of absorbing information and or analyzing information is very different. It's quite visual. Mm. It's also a different. I mean, so if you look at my notes, uh, mm. I when I take notes, it's drawing. Oh, <laughs> my really? maps. And it's all my that, maps. Uh, uh, yeah. If you look at my my note, my iPad, it's all full of mind maps. Mm. If I'm giving a speech, if I'm taking notes, 
it's on mind maps because mm. I then I am able to connect different ideas, different thoughts. But I think in that time with the A levels and all that, I mean, it's very very rote. Yeah, mm. and I did not have a full appreciation of the subjects sure. because it's like okay, you learn this. What's it? What's angiospermophyta and all that kind yeah. of. Yeah. But then it doesn't connect with real life. Mm. For me, I needed to learn. I need to know. I need to simplify things mm. and make it real. Yeah. So I I think that time it didn't drive so much for me. Okay. So I couldn't I couldn't score. But, how, but how, how do you feel about it that time? Was it was it anger or yeah. bitterness or anything? No, I felt I felt uh, that you know I just wasn't good at this lah. Oh really? But yeah. you were still curious. You were still intellectually yes. curious. Yeah. So you didn't feel disheartened, like you're so I did. curious. Uh, I did because uh. you know I tried to 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 work at it. I tried to study. Yeah. Uh, especially I think A levels appeal. A lot of people do struggle with it mm. because you know it just became you know it's compressed. It's about two years, and mm. you just try. Uh, and I was exploring because, I mean, I think all of us have that struggle, right? So I thought, okay, I did, I did triple science. Then later I'm like, oh, maybe that's not really for me. This is your 17. Then later I said, hey, I, I kind of enjoyed. Um, the arts expression mm. you know words uh, uh, debate and, and the likes and so then I transferred to arts mm. Mm. but frankly then I also felt like hey what if I cannot get a job yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so then you know it's you know not looking back you, know, you, you might say oh this guy is just so floppy right or you can't, can't make a decision but at 17 you know, what, what I mean even maybe maybe when you're older so you may not know what yeah, you are yeah. good at or what you want yeah so I think a little bit of that fear kind of uh, played a part where, yes, I enjoyed what I was doing, you know, learning about literature, geography, history, mm. uh, but I feared a little bit like, oh, I cannot get a job next time. Mm. So I reverted mm. back, you know. Uh, within yeah. that one year? Yeah, within the scale of one, two years, mm. I reverted back because I, I repeated, right? Yeah, so yeah, three yeah. years. Uh, then I realized, then, okay, then you just had to go, go, go with it. La. So yeah. my final score was CDD. Mm. <laughs> but my, my um, GP was A1. Uh, yeah, because I was able to and I didn't even study for it it's just it just came naturally okay like to put in arguments yeah. to, to structure and to articulate ideas in a very simple way mm, I see yeah. so you find your, your then what your did you thing. what did you study for at, at uni yeah so um, because I couldn't get into local universities and so we went to some of the overseas universities and uh, uh, I got what I could get uh, mm. which is uh, at uh, uh, the Sydney, Sydney University mm. initially. So it was a, an, an arts and economics program. And what was quite useful was uh, Sydney said, oh, okay, maybe your academics wasn't that good, but uh, how do you do in you know, other parts? So I said, well, in the SAF, in the army, as a, I, they asked me to join the officer cadet school. Mm -hmm. This is what my superiors said about me. This guy you know, can lead people and you know, can bring people together. Yeah. So oh, we are looking, you know, that, that, that counts for something, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they mm. gave me a chance. And then I thought that was just a second chance. Mm. Yeah, so we did, I did uh, economics, I did uh, arts. And uh, yeah, I found it that is much easier for me in that regard. And then you killed it. Uh, I did, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then you uh, have to, you know, over time, overcome some of yeah. these, uh, these hurdles. And then what made you want to go into the world of finance? I mean, you did study e economics, mm. but why mm. Goldman? Uh, well, I, after uh, I served my bond, so mm. I was in, uh, uh, in armor, I was a mm. tank, tank platoon commander. Mm. Then I went into um, uh, military intelligence. Yeah. And so I had quite a few good mentors. Mm. And then they, 
you know, some of them went to the Kennedy School and I, I kind of enjoyed watching West Wing, you know. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's West like Wing. seven seasons. You know? mm. So I, well, I watched it like two times, three times. Mm. And then, you know, many of the characters went to Kennedy School. So I was like, well, that's quite interesting. So you just tampala, you just try and then just apply. And uh, really miraculously, I, I got a place there. And this mm. is the School of Business at Harvard? Uh, at the School of uh, Government. Oh, School of Public yeah. Policy. Yeah. School yes. of Government, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was really a, a it's such a, uh, for me, it's a miracle. And they also offered a fellowship, which mm. is basically paid a b- majority of my school fees. Mm. Yeah. So you can imagine it's like, wow, it's, it's, it was for such a, it was, it was a miracle for me. Mm. So I went in there, you learned, I, I met so many incredible people, astronauts, uh, people who uh, were uh, war journalists, uh, mm. Hollywood actresses. Mm. Um, uh, can you in, see which one? Which one was it? Uh? She you acted in Double Jeopardy. What's the name? Um, oh, Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. Oh, yeah, Ashley she was my Judd. classmate. Wow. Oh, wow. shit. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, last time my, my ex, uh, when I was working at Scoot, the CEO there, Campbell Wilson, he did a six-week executive course mm. in Harvard. His classmate was Maria Sharapova. There you go. Then I was like, whoa, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But yes. So quite school. interesting, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm. And so then you, yeah, you know, you learned a lot of things. I yeah. thought then that, uh, um, so I, so I, I went, between the first and second year to mm. the United Nations. Mm. One of my professors, uh, a very famous professor called Graham Allison, mm. he wrote this really interesting book mm. uh, called Destined for War, which I think is really, really important reading now mm. because he talks about the inevitability of, inevitability of conflict between the US and China. Yeah. Mm. And you know, he talked about the Peloponnesian War and the conflict that arose between um, the two parts, uh, mm. the two sides. And, and so Graham Allison was uh, one of my mentors. Mm. I think he also did um, teach uh, uh, MM and some of the cabinet members. I see. So he has a very um, good impression of Singapore. Mm. So I, I, you know, I, I benefited from that. And then he said, you know, where would you like to intern? I said, well, I, in, in the army, I, I, I was involved with the peacekeeping mission at uh, East Timor previously. Um, and I would love to learn more about the UN. So I said, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll see whether we can get you an interview mm. at the UN. Because mm. uh, my, one of my, my students was the UN Secretary General mm. oh. then. So, you know, he got me an interview. Of course, you still have to make sure to, to ace the interview. Yeah. And then I, I worked at the UN for a short while. Uh, one of his students was the Secretary General. General, yeah. Oh, Secretary shit. General Bun. Uh, yeah. uh, so, you know, it was, it was quite... Or to it is, yeah. 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 But the UN, they didn't really, it's quite difficult to get a permanent role. Um, and, and I thought I really wanted to go into maybe public service. Mm. Uh, but, uh, so I, I, there was an option to go to Zimbabwe. I have a friend who uh, has a, a non-profit mm. Uh, mm. Uh, that looks after orphans that have been orphaned by parents who have uh, died because of AIDS yeah. or H- HIV AIDS. Mm. So there was an option and there was another option in Singapore a uh, philanthropic option. Uh, but then, uh, as I was, in, I was uh, just shooting out my resume, right? Um, Goldman Sachs came in. Mm. And, and the reason why I, inter- I, I uh, applied for that is because uh, it was during 2008, 2009, which is the yeah. financial crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the chairman of Goldman Sachs, the previous chairman was uh, the finance minister of the US. Mm. Hank, okay. Hank Paulson yeah. mm. and the New York Fed chair was this guy called Tim Geithner mm-hmm. so they came to talk to our class mm. about the financial crisis mm. yeah so then I'm like oh it's quite interesting you know his background so I just I just click apply 
Mm. Yeah, and uh, and I think they they got back, and then I and then you know for Goldman you have to go through maybe ten, eleven interviews, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went through that, and then I got the offer. Then I asked my my professor. Then I'm like, "Hey, I'm supposed to go. You know, I want to go and to do like save the world." <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Goldman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he says, "No, I mean it's quite useful if you just uh, go and go into the world of finance. Just understand how it works. Mm. Uh, but uh, eventually, I hope you go back to." public service yeah but you must go out to the world mm-hmm. and see how you cannot always just go into public service and yep. don't have a good feel you see yeah yeah. yeah. so I think that was a really good uh, advice yeah. I, I did I, I was actually I did investment banking you did in the start of my yeah. career as well <laughs> yeah. uh, on Wall Street but mine was completely uh, yeah just money la. it was just money really. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just admit it la. it was just money and you know that time finance was this like oh you know it was a it was that a whole was 2007 movement, like, la, right? I think like 70% of my class applied for yeah, finance yeah. and all so, you know, Goldman Sachs was like the, the creme de la creme la to, mm. to get there. But um, I mean, uh, it's quite interesting that you talk about the... Because uh, I'm seeing a thread in your, as you're talking that, you know, maybe there are some stumbles along the way, like studies or whatever. But you always seem to have like mentors that were very good to you along the way. La. And uh, I mean, for me, I, I don't... I mean, I've not had that many... That, that fortune of like having good mentors. How about mm. you? Have you... Um, would you say not that people, people I look up to what you look up to them yeah look up to but no close relationship yeah. right? it's just like, circumstantial but yeah. also I when I look back I could have seeked it out which yeah, we could, yeah we could have yeah. sought it out we, we had access to people yeah. but we never sought it Correct. out that yeah. way yeah. Yeah. why do you think uh, for you it was such a it's such a big feature of, of your whole life and career like why is it specifically that you managed to encounter so many good mentors who helped you you know, along the way and, and you know, help you, get, help give you a lot of guidance uh, to get you, get you to where you need to be. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, I always really adopt a posture where, you know, could you teach me? Mm. You know, it's always, can you teach me? Mm. And I mean, different mentors, sometimes they are more active, sometimes they are more passive. So for example, some mentors, you would just learn from their, um, you know, they don't necessarily give you a lot of advice, but through their exemplar, you learn a lot. Like mm. Dr. Lili Niu, I just, Mm. The way in which she treats people, I just learned that. I just modeled that, you see. Mm. Now, of course, from time to time, she gives me a, a good advice. Uh, others, they will, you know, one of my mentors at Goldman, he, he in, although he was a banker, but he was very, he widened my vista, my mm. horizon, because he, he was a student of history, mm. a student of history. So he always, even when we are looking at the macro picture, he's always like, you know, giving, you know, have you read this book? Have you read this book? This is the historical context of, of this uh, mm. lens to this uh, situation right now. Mm, yeah. And so it, it, you know, it, in banking, you're like always thinking, okay, the, uh, you know, how do you make your, your alpha? How do you make your mm. money, right? Mm. But to be able to, to bring in that sense of history and context and culture, I thought made it very rich, you see. Yeah. Then another, the, another mentor at Goldman, I was very, very thank- thoughtful is, he was a very high ranking guy. Yeah, but he was so humble. Mm. Like, mm. you know, he was uh, a, a former high-ranking high, high uh, US official and went to Goldman, MD. But he always said, you know, he, he taught me something which I remember till this day mm. and I always practice. He said, Elvin, whatever position that you're in, just remember it's, it's a position, but don't lose yourself in it. Mm. Because when you have, but take that opportunity to serve in that position and and enjoy that privilege to be serving that position. Mm. But after, when that season is over, remember you're just Alvin. 
Mm. Don't don't let it conflate with who you are because he he advised me that there are many people who conflate like oh you know oh now I'm a minister or you know an ambassador or MD and you know, I'm a, an excellency or whatever right mm. and then that becomes my identity yeah but it ought not to be mm. you you have to be able to walk away because your identity is who you are not what your position confers. Mm. Yeah, so what well, different mentors teach you really different things. So yeah. so that means when you became a uh, minister, said so you didn't broadcast to all your friends on WhatsApp. Hey guys, <laughs> like, yo, I'm I'm minister of state. Yo, <laughs> no, yeah. call me your excellency. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. 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 Change like, change your phone. I'm um, MOS. The status, yeah. yeah. MOS. Status. Yeah. Call me Moss. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but if, like for these relationships, also do you? Like, is it in like uh, something that's internal to you? Like, okay, I see this person as a mentor, or is it something a more formal almost? Because mm. in my first job at Singapore Airlines, there was okay, you are paired with someone, mm. and I think it's part of their KPI to also meet your mentee once a quarter yeah. or something. Then a bit awkward if you like come in and you're like, hey, I really wanna like you know like learn yeah. so much from you. Can I hang out with you every day? Yeah. It's a bit like being too eager to, to date yeah. someone, right? Yeah. So, so exactly. how, do you, how do you do this? How, <laughs> how do you do it and not be awkward? Because there are a lot of people that I look up to that I know Terence looks up to, we look up to, but it's always like okay. In my mind, you're like, uh, I look up to you. Mm. But they don't know that I look up to them. But mm. for you, is it something like you kind of ask, you know, can you be my mentor? Mm. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, that how, like, how is that? You have yes. to bend and like kiss the ring. Bend and knee, kiss the ring. But I do think now I also am mentor to many. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And Paying you also, back, yeah, they're just giving back, right? But I, but I also know that well, I'm very, very busy. So I really can't like devote like, you know, mm. a significant yeah. amount of time. Yeah. So I've always been very mindful that, you know, whoever that I've asked, uh, I don't really just say, hey, can you be my mentor? It's a bit mm. awkward. <laughs> la, <laughs> yeah, like, then I also don't want to, to, <laughs> to lay some pressure on the, yeah, on, on, on the, yeah. on the, on the person where like, oh, okay, I have so much things here. I still got to go mentor this, mentor this dude, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so you, I, I just, you know, just ask for time mm-hmm. and then, you know, you make it, you know, you don't, you don't impose a lot, but you just ask, you know, can you teach me? Mm. And then over time, uh, then you're like, you know, you don't make, you don't need to make it super regular also, but mm. from time to time. Mm. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I really, really, in government, I have really the privilege uh, of working with someone who I think many of us are very, very much respect. And that's uh, SM Tharman Shamugaratnam. Mm. Mm. And uh, he's the one that uh, had invited me and asked me to join uh, him at the Monetary Authority of Singapore as a board member. Mm. And so I do, you know, sometimes uh, I just ask him, you know, as I text him, I say, hey, SM, can I come out to your office? I just have uh, some question. You know, how do you do this? You know, how do you do that? You know, how do mm-hmm. you think about this particular thing? Um, you know, how do you put this uh, idea or thought into an mm-hmm. idea? You know, what mm-hmm. do you think if I want to plan for this or that? Mm. And uh, he's just a wonderful guy, you know, and the way, you know, he, he, mm. he conducts himself it's like, hmm. you know, he's yeah, in yeah, his yeah. Darman way, you know? Darman, and just, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you should, you know, maybe you want to consider this, you know, Alvin. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then over time, you also kind of mirror uh, somebody whom you admire, you respect. Mm. And I, I find myself sometimes for those that I really respect, I, you, you inevitably, you sometimes mirror them, right? Mm, yeah. Mm, so yeah. so, so I, I find myself, you know, not imposing, but just asking. Mm. And those that, you know, some people, they like, oh, okay, I just give you some time and that's it, you know, don't yeah, bother yeah. me. But, Correct. but there are many who, I mean, over the course, they do. Uh, and, and now I think SM Tharman really, you know, despite his busy schedule, when I ask him, he will 
You'll so make so time. The, the answer is to slide to the DMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah Don't exactly. overdo it. Don't be over eager. <laughs> <Don't laughs> no, it's like dating. Like, it's like dating. You, you <laughs> cannot be like, oh, let's do coffee, please. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, oh, I want to catch up. Yeah, you know, can I? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Everything you're respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and mindful of that time. Yeah. yeah. So actually building on that. So, I mean, we talked about academic side of things, you know, was, was quite tough back then. But there were a lot of people who helped you along the way. La. And for me, one of the, my big regrets when I was younger is that I studied too much. Spent too much time studying. Whether it was university, whether it was A-levels, whatever. I didn't spend enough time just hanging out or mm. meeting people or talking to them or seeking out, you know, like mentors or whatever. Mm. Do you look back and like, when you talk to your mentees and all that, do you tell them anything about, like they say, oh, you know, my studies are so bad and all that. What, do you tell them what is more important? You know, studying or meeting people, going out to parties and all that. Where do you, where do you, where do you find that balance? Uh? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I always tell my, my mentees or the youth, it's just very simple advice, just turn up. Uh, mm. And it's just, just two words, right? Turn up. Mm, yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised that many don't, you know? Mm, 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 uh, mm. And uh, when it, you know, either you turn up and it's turn up is like basically just be there. Mm. You'd be mm. there then you can learn, you can make decisions, you can, you know, you can contribute. Mm. Or very importantly, sometimes turn up on time. Mm. Mm. on the dot right today mm. yeah, 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 you yeah, yeah, yeah try try on time uh, but again not many people uh, do that you'll mm. be surprised mm. or then they just ghost mm. yeah. oh. so these things are some just very basic ones but if you do that then you're more likely to learn you're more likely to to make that relationship and you're more likely to be able to contribute mm. Mm. No, and I must give you kudos because when I messaged you on LinkedIn yeah I was thinking, will he answer? Will he respond? Then you did. I was yeah. like, oh shit. And you turned up, you turned up, you turned up. Yeah. yeah. And then today that, also I mean, turned up. Yeah. There's a saying, all right, 70% of success is just showing up. That's true. Right? Yeah. 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 And then I think uh, for me, it applies to even dating. You know, like <laughs> if you don't turn up at the party, no you won't meet anyone at all. <laughs> You'll just be at home looking at your computer all day. And then that, I think that was like the big shift for, for, for me. Like, to those, start partying, is it? No, I yeah, just... Being out there, you know, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah. there was a point like 10 yeah. years ago or something when I was single and I was yeah. like, oh, you know, it was so difficult. If you don't turn up to the party, yeah, nothing's going to yeah. happen at all. No, I mean, same for me, like uh, before I met my current uh, fiance, I was on dating apps and all. Yeah. And it was so easy. After a while, dating is like, it's just, you're just like, oh, do I want to go? Do I just want to meet up with friends? But you have to go up. You have to turn up. <laughs> you have to turn up. How do we start talking about dating? <laughs> Everything you say, you know, mentor, mentee, we're like, oh, dating, yes, yes, correct. Slide into the yeah. So, so, but, but just that means if a kid says, comes and tells you that, oh, I'm, I'm not interested in studies, or I'm not doing well in my studies and all that, like, uh, the the advice to him is is to just uh, turn up. Don't. I mean, I, I mean, got exam tomorrow. Should I go for a party <laughs> or should I be there for studying? That's the question. Turn up. <laughs> you got a kid, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a kid. Uh, so I'm just thinking. I mean, you have a you have a kids, kids as well. So yeah, like, yeah. like like what would if they were to come to ask you that? I have a test tomorrow or something like that. You know, yeah. like and but there's this uh, friends uh, very important party uh, yeah. or what that I need to go to. Yeah. Uh, what will you be telling them? But they should they should prioritize and they should do what's there. Mm. And you know, after that, then you just enjoy yourself, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I mean, I mean, there is also a cause to be said about uh, delayed gratification, mm. right? Mm. I mean, you, you. I mean, if, if you play sports, you, you really do your hard work at the gym first, yeah, mm-hmm. and then it pays off, you know, on the on on the field, mm. yeah, on the courts. So I think that I mean, I one of the okay, one of the reasons also that I probably didn't do well in in JC is because I spent a lot of time playing sports, mm. mm-hmm. and, okay. but you also learn a lot through sports. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I I remember one where. So you play you play what sports? I played right? two sports. I just too much, maybe I think. Mm. I played football. I played tennis also. Okay, mm. okay. Yeah, and you know you learn a lot from on on uh, on the, the field. field. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, that's camaraderie. You learn a lot from on the tennis court mm. because of the focus and the. I mean, you want to serve an ace, you must be there. Making sure that you whack the ball like hundred times first. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then on the on the actual match, yeah, you have a higher chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that discipline also helps a little bit. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. So so just now we stopped uh, at where you were at Goldman, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that you uh made the leap to big tech, right? Uh, first LinkedIn, then Facebook. First Facebook, first then Facebook, then LinkedIn. Yeah. So so you know we're we're talking about okay. It feels like up till Goldman you had a lot of um, great mentors and. You 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 basically took a lot of opportunities that that you saw and you made it happen, right? So then, what made the shift? Because you know, based on what that first mentor or that professor said, you know, hope he goes, you go back to public service. So after Goldman, did you think about going to public service, or what made you go into tech then? Yeah, I mean, I was at uh, GS for about five years, I'm not yeah. wrong, and then yeah. uh, tech was starting to. I mean, now you you are tech w- winter. Yeah. But then it was the the spring the booming, you know? la, right? Mm-hmm. It was not even starting to boom yet. Yeah. Yeah. So it started. Uh, I mean, you have uh, Amazon, Amazon. Yeah. Google is really quite mature. Mm, and then yeah. you had this thing called Facebook, and and so there were a few. So LinkedIn is very powerful mm. as a platform, and I used it as a as a student. You know, tried to build my resume, and then so after you build some cachet. And a bit of that uh, 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 reputation, then you have some of these uh, headhunters call mm, you. Mm. Yeah, so they said, "Hey, you know, there's this there's this company that is, you know, a social media company. <laughs> Would you like to join?" Uh, so I'm, I went I went through the whole interview process, and uh, it's quite funny because um, uh, some people are like, "Hey, why do you want to join a this this app?" Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, "Well, like, there's there's much to learn about this, you know." And uh, it's like, you know, why do you want to leave? Uh, Goldman because you know you're already a VP you know just wait one two years and now my friends are MD you know you can make huge bucks mm-hmm. and, and all that um, but again I knew that you know I, I had learned as much as I wanted to I mean there's much more you can learn in, in banking but I was excited about learning about tech mm-hmm. you know, so when opportunity came then I just joined mm-hmm. yeah, and again you again fire hose mm-hmm. uh, but it was interesting because then I was involved, you, you were almost involved with everything, you know, mm. setting up new businesses, looking at investments, helping to build Instagram, mm. uh, uh, helping to, to build use cases for WhatsApp, and then helping people to get used to, to selling stuff on, on Facebook, small, medium businesses. Yeah. yeah. And then looking at content also. So there's such a variety of things. There was not one day where, uh, you know, you, you were sleeping because it's just so exciting. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and you were there for how long? I think about almost five years too. Almost five yeah. years. Almost but five the, years. the focus there, I mean, your title was Director of Public Policy mm. uh, at one point, right? Mm. And so that was the point when like social media, everyone was still grappling with how it affects, uh, you know, the, uh, how countries and, and, and institutions use social media. And, you know, in the past five to 10 years, we've, we've seen it go from like, oh, social media is the, you know, it, it can help like the Arab Spring Absolutely, and things like yeah. that. And then, like years later, it's like, oh, Donald Trump used social media to, you know, instigate a riot in, in, in the capital. So you were there through this transition, right? Did that give you like, well, what, what, what does that, what does that, uh, what kind of perspective does that give you about where social media is headed, like, where it's going to be in the future? Like? 
Mm. What, what, what do you feel? I know it's a very uh, broad question, but because you, you were there in the trenches during the transition, I think it's interesting to hear. And also that. now you're a LinkedIn influencer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You have like 60,000 followers. Yeah. So, all, yeah, all, throughout your, uh, in looking at all that, yeah, what, what, where do you see it? Yeah, there were two, two kind of philosopher uh, that, that talked about this, you know, mm-hmm. it's Marshall McLuhan who mentioned that we make the tools that then shape us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a very interesting book that uh, I, I, uh, I, I then lent to uh, Minister Jotio recently. Uh, it's about tools and weapons. Mm. Uh, it's written by, uh, I think, the, the Microsoft president. Mm. So, you, so it's effectively, these are tools, right? And it can be used for good yeah, it can be used for not so good. So in the early days of social media, I mean, I mean, I think all of us, the world was quite naive because like, wow, Arab Spring uprising, yeah. and then you're like, oh, you know, what? it's 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 a proliferation. You know, the people now have a voice, and then you realize now, I mean, then you'll be so euphoric about this, right? Yeah. Now you're like, oh, you know, look at this. This is uh, this is a recipe for disaster. Uh, I think because the the proliferation of social media was so quick. Also, and there was some naivety in like knowing that it could only be used for good, mm-hmm. because in the initial stages, I, I remember very clearly. I, I spent so much time in Indonesia, and we were at the process. We just had acquired Instagram, and so we were we were we were look we were seeing young entrepreneurs. Uh, they call them SMEs, right? Mm. UKMs in in, in Bahasa, mm. using Instagram in a way in which they were selling batik. They were selling. Uh, and there was this, I remember this this company called Batik Culture by a young lady uh, and she was employing people with disabilities. And she was using Instagram to build her brand, Batik Culture, and then later on uh, selling the, the Batik. So we were like, hey, you know, I didn't realize that small and medium businesses were also using Instagram in this way. Mm-hmm. And so we then worked with the product team to say, hey, why don't you make it in a way in which is, you can Shopify some of the, 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 the tools within Instagram. So we looked, we saw that, and then we saw, you know, benefits towards uh, helping to increase uh, Wi-Fi penetration in some of the different markets. We thought that we wanted to give people more of a voice. So well, we built the platform. But then increasingly, uh, I think the naivety came in where different people, different cultures will accept certain content, mm. whereas certain cultures don't accept certain content. So that's, that's one cultural one. Yeah. Then the second where there's abuse of the platform not just by commercial players where you have spam and all of this kind of stuff, mm, but mm. also by state actors. Yeah. And I think you've seen that across uh, the, 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 the last 10 years or so. Mm. And then increasingly, you, require, you, you realize that, oh, you need to have some rules around, uh, policies around what is, can be shown, what cannot be shown. Mm. And sometimes, what can be shown is legal in a jurisdiction, but it's not legal somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So it's so complicated. And, so, and also li- coming in Asia and then also ex- trying to explain to headquarters like, hey, you know, Asia is a little bit different in terms of how it views race and religion. There's a bit of that sensitivity. Can we put a, 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 a necessarily a good thing to put a Western lens into, uh, you know, how you express yourself, you know? Mm. Yeah, so you see a, you know, live uh, a clash of, you know, ideals and even Western ideals. Now, now it is very apparent. Yeah. But then you start to really see that happening. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so where do you see it? Where do you see it going? Because I mean, right mm. now, even for us, we started this podcast because 
it just felt like the media was getting so polarized. It was, there's social media, there's mainstream media, there's traditional media, and it was just an overload of, of uh, extremes. Mm. Um, do you see it like getting worse and worse or do you see it like there's going to be a mass correction effect where, okay, because even recently there was a new law to, to police social media a bit more, right? Um, online Safety Act. Yeah, Online yeah. Safety Act. So how, how do you see more of that happening or do you see it just kind of self-correcting it, uh, in future? I'm not sure. I'm not very optimistic that it can self-correct mm. because you already now have a proliferation of channels yeah. and platforms. Mm. And even within the channels and platforms, you have, I mean, uh, the, the argument is that you have these uh, echo chambers. Yeah. Because the more that you consume, like, okay, for me, I'm a menu fan. So I, you look at my feet, it's, Mm. menu stuff la. Yeah. I don't see like Liverpool or yeah. Everton or whatever Yeah. so and that is how the algorithms work mm. you have we have tried to like tweak the algorithm so you, you say okay I want to see less of this and then if you see another kind of content then you know that content start to appear right mm. yeah so but ultimately people want to I mean it's what DPM Lawrence Wong says we're quite tribal yeah. mm. and that is why that is quite uh, in, in our human nature and also in Singapore many of our policies we try to make sure that we we interface with one another we interact with one another mm. otherwise you know our race and religion policies is yeah. you know either in our, our political system or our housing system we kind of force almost you know the, the mixture in our housing estates and the likes mm. so if you look at what's happening online it's, a, it's, it's very difficult too mm. because then you have your own channels you have your own tribes within that, either in within the platforms or across platforms. Mm. So I'm not sure that it's so easy for us to, you know, probably put Humpty Dumpty together again. Mm. Mm. But we must elevate um, uh, the uh, platforms or even uh, sources of truth. Uh. The mm. only challenge right now is that, you know, we always say we're in a post-truth world. Yeah. Because yeah. then, you know, what's your version of the truth? Yeah. And if you get too entrenched in the version of the truth, then the neither the two, the twain shall meet, you see. Mm. Then very difficult. That's why you have in a lot of different parts of the world polarization of politics. And even now, the polarization of geopolitics between the US and China. Mm. And I think within their own spheres, within their own countries, there is that already. It's like, oh, you know, the China Chinese are like this or Americans are like this. Mm. So it makes it so from local politics, domestic politics, national politics, it transcends into geopolitics, which is not so mm. healthy. Mm. Mm. So, so for you, in terms of even as a consumer of social media, you feel generally positive about it or negative? I'm asking because like maybe seven, eight years ago, everyone's like, oh, Zuckerberg, he could be the next US president. You know, oh, he wears the same t-shirt to work every day. He's so hardworking. Now it's like, I mean, memes and and... Zuckerberg, the billionaire guy who books out a whole arena for himself and things like that. Or Elon Musk for that matter, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, he's Tony Stark. And, and now he's like the Twitter, chief Twitter, chief, chief Twitter. So I, I feel like the general um, impression that people have of social media, it used to be like, uh, it used to be a force for good. Now it's like, uh, I don't know, billionaire's playground kind of, you know. Mm. But where do you, where do you feel, what do you feel about it? Like whether it's a personal uh, consumer of it or in your mm-hmm. position, doing, you know, dealing with policy and all. Yeah, I, I mean, there is no panacea, but I always mm. do encourage uh, when you post on social media, uh, you can inject good into it. Mm. So I try to as best as I, I can yeah. 
uh, post about positive things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even that, uh, even when you see negative comments, okay, okay, there there are two ways to do it. One yeah. is those really xiao xiao one, right? Mm, no. I'm just like just block and ignore that <laughs> because it does affect no matter what you know. I mean, mm. I'm I'm sure both of you also yeah. experience it. Yeah. It just you say it doesn't affect you, but sometimes it affects no you. One's immune, no, no one's immune. No one's immune. immune. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have to look after your own uh, mental well-being. And just yeah. block and delete. Mm -hmm. But there are some where you also want to make a little bit of a point. So I think somebody mentioned, had one uh, comment in one of my posts. And it says, oh, you know, you're flexing or whatever. Then I was like, well, why don't we just... Um, Sorry, what were you doing there? No, no, I was just... Uh, it's very innocuous, you know. It was, it was me just saying... It's not that. It's not like... I, I don't really count stuff, Literally man. flexing. I used to play two sports. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was basically just saying that... And I, I took a photo of my hand and my little girl's hair. And I just said, mm. you know, I, I struggle with it because I have these important meetings that I got to mm. go to. And then, you know, her, her play, her school play mm. is, is upcoming. Yeah. I'm like, okay, school play, school play. Yeah. Right. And I, and it went quite viral because I had like uh, almost, almost about 800,000 people who saw the post, you know, mm. and then somebody's like, oh, you're just soft flexing. And I'm like, okay, I thought maybe I want to either delete this or I want to make a point. So then I said, okay, just make us a, a, a a gentle point. Mm. What and was his rationale for the soft flexing? I no, he says, oh, I don't know. It could be like, okay, you, you are so important that you must... Oh, so he oh, just put you are soft flexing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. Oh, that's he says, it's good enough no. to... He says, it's good enough if you want to say that you prioritize your girl, but maybe don't stop soft flex. Oh. So I... I, I soft flex. I'm like, I'm not... You know, so I said, why don't we... You know, it's probably helpful to, uh, to assume best intentions. Mm. And that way, we can lift one another up instead of putting each other down. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then people mm. started like, yeah, I agree with that, you see. Mm. So I, you, you start to learn also that you don't go and hunt them, you know, somebody and make them feel bad. Yeah. But I think you try, even where, where it's a nasty comment, where it's reasonable. Some yeah. people just, you cannot just reason and you just yeah. Like, yeah. delete the whole thing. Yeah. But I think in some way it can be cordial. You just, you know, mm -mm. Um, share something which, you know, hopefully people, you know, you, you, you don't make the person feel bad, but you just say, hey, yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. So building on that, like, is it? I mean, you talk about injecting positivity if you want to get back positivity from it, lah. But is that does that mean that um the algorithms in a lot of social media as they are now are they just uh built to you know for outrage to get people more incensed? Like maybe you post something, uh, you post something nice and a bit more balanced. It doesn't go get the viral clicks that that usually uh, like compared to something that is outrageous, like You know. So is that a fault of um, of an underinvestment in you know creating a healthier algorithm for for everyone, or is it just people just don't know because it's such a new thing to even to the social media companies themselves about how to manage people's behavior when it, when you're talking about hundreds and millions of people on the platform? Yeah, I don't know. It could be uh, because of I mean humans' innate nature. Mm. Yeah, I, I hope that humans in nature is a bit more positive. Benign. Positive. Okay. Yeah. But I think sometimes, you know, we we uh could be too quick to judge. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, and I don't know, maybe sometimes you in order to feel better about yourself, you you know, you want you want to uh, make, you know, other people feel worse or just just make yourself feel superior. Sometimes that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the many of us who who are able to rise above them, we try to rise above la, mm -hmm. where we can mm -hmm. la. Mm, so so yeah. then why do you see a need to post on, on LinkedIn or social media? Because you do get politicians, even in Singapore, who are not on social media. Mm. Uh, maybe they've been in politics for a lot longer. I don't know whether Tarman is on social media. 
But you see this new wave of politicians on TikTok yeah. and, and LinkedIn. And you especially post a lot on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. And you do it all yourself. I do it myself, yeah. Do you like uh, have a like a, like a schedule like there must be one post a day or something to stick to or something? Uh, no. no, it's just it's just as and when. Yeah, when when there is a event. Yeah. So I I do use uh across the so, the social media spectrum. I try yeah. to, but it's quite tiring. Yeah. So uh. Sometimes I I I see whether you know a volunteer or two can help. Mm. But I think the most impactful one is when you post your own and your own articulate voice. Mm. Those are the ones that uh I mean they're the most authentic. Yeah. 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 The the reason why I post is also I mean LinkedIn is useful because. Of my portfolio, yeah, at the Monetary Authority of Singapore, at the Ministry of Trade Industry, and MCCY, mm. uh, I because LinkedIn has CEOs, they have you know uh, government leaders, uh, investors. I find that the kind of content that I, I uh, the kind of activity that I do on mm-hmm. both uh, the trade ministry and in, in business, as well as you know in in financial uh, institutional policy yeah. and the likes. They lend very well to the LinkedIn crowd, mm. yeah, and I use that also to promote Singapore mm. because they want to know whether we are open to investment, or, you know who their leaders are, and I think you try to influence and just say this is who we are. Mm. So when we when we open a new factory or you know it's uh, Volvo or whatever, and tomorrow I'm going there, uh, opens you know new electrical uh, electric buses or something. I think those lend to the fact that if I were a foreigner looking into and I see that oh Singapore is so open and look at their leaders, I'll be more inclined to maybe invest a lot mm. more. So there is that I angle. Yeah, yeah. There is that angle. Yeah. I see. And a lot of people, even the youths are there and it's easier to tag them mm. on LinkedIn. But you don't go and post things which are not very appropriate. Don't post like cat videos and everything. Like. Yeah. I think the algorithms don't lend I believe they don't land that well to so, so content. You, you know, given that you were in Facebook and LinkedIn, which, I mean, sometimes they they come to blows with governments, mm-hmm. with public policy, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook especially. So now that you're on the other side, like, um, is it was it a big change or was it very eye-opening or like, how do you square that off? Yeah. I think it's ever-evolving. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, I think Terence, you mentioned earlier on mm-hmm. that uh, in the past, you know, there's so much euphoria on the the promise. Mm. Uh, so that book also says it's tools and tools and weapons, but it's also mm. perils and promise. Mm. A lot of alliteration, but quite useful yeah. frame. Yeah. Mm. So there is a lot of promise, mm. but then there's data on you see a lot of the perils of the, yeah. the platform. And I think over time you see that people, even the platforms themselves, get to a realization that there is that dark side, the peril, and the, it can be used as weapon. Mm. And there's also a realization that you cannot just self-regulate. You need to have the governments, uh, policymakers, to help put some structure into it, mm-hmm. uh, because they, as a commercial platform, you cannot absolutely do everything and then be blameless. Yeah, but yeah. but was it something you were already thinking about when you were on, on uh, with the social media platforms that okay, this thing. It feels like regulation is coming. Or it's only when you went to public service, then you saw the other side of it. Yeah, I think it was an evolution. Mm. Because at that, at that stage, you also you already see that, well, number one, the, the social media companies have to regulate themselves. Mm. Number two, you have to have a framework yeah. uh, to allow for them to say, okay, well, I cannot, for example, distribute this content in a particular uh, country because of these laws. Mm. So I think there was a shift already 
uh, happening in mm, that regard. Mm, mm, mm. Where you say, you know, self-regulation doesn't always work. You need to then put in more of the regulation from a certain jurisdiction. I see, yeah. I see. But different jurisdictions have different cultures. Mm. And so you, I think that's what the Online Safety Act was trying to achieve. Mm. Yeah. And it's come at a good time or a right time because you now see a bit of that, the, actually a lot of that dark side of peril. And I think coming in and having a lot of consultation before this Online Safety Act was passed last week, the week before, uh, helps. Because ultimately you want to have a safe space. Yeah. You don't want to have you know, uh, a negative experience on these platforms. Mm. So, so has it been a big change going from, I mean, you can do a lot of work at Facebook, at LinkedIn, at private companies without the public knowing anything. Now you're a public figure. Has that been a big like thing for you to come to terms with? In terms of, yeah, everyone sees your work. You know, like you're in parliament, you uh, speak, like the core country's watching, like whereas for Facebook and LinkedIn, any private company, you can be a huge decision maker, but it's still all behind closed doors. Mm. Yeah, That's why it's, it's called the private sector and the public sector. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. So the public sector, I think there are a few of us who came from the private sector yeah. in the last elections coming in. Uh, I mean, Dr. Tan Siling, who's the second mm. minister for trade, who's a minister for manpower, so, and, and I, we came into government quite directly from private sector. So I think it would, it would be uh, quite accurate to say that you know, it was a big adjustment for us. Mm. Yeah. I mean, number one, you already are now a you know, you have you you become a public figure, so you know whatever people people will expect a different mm. level from you. Yeah, yeah, expect of you. That's mm. one. The second one, the big adjustment was, um, I think, not many. I mean, in my class, I mean, in in previous classes of MPs, mm. went into public office at the height of a crisis that you know, was mm. the crisis of a generation. Yep, yep. So you are just going in like, oh man, yeah. this is huge. Mm. And you don't really have time to think, you know. You're like, okay, what needs to be done? Mm. Dude, this is a crisis, man. <laughs> and you don't, there's no looking left, looking right. Yeah. Like you are in, you've, you've asked for the mandate, you're now in the seat. You have to make these tough calls. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I don't think we had a lot of time to like settle in. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, asked to look after the tourism portfolio at MTI. Mm. And can you imagine? I mean, I, I didn't have a lot of experience with tourism, but you know, in, in our in our mind, tourism is like, oh, come, 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 right? Yeah. Open, right? Yeah. But then my first job was like close, close, close. <laughs> and you know, my STB team, they were like, you know, going into the the establishments and like, no, you have to close. If not, we find you, you know, mm. are you reaching the SMA, the, the safety measures and everything? And I really felt for them because they went into the tourism sector, tourism board to promote Singapore. Mm. And now they're like, no, cannot close, everything yeah. close. So, you know, going in, I still remember one of my first meetings uh, was with a lot of them, you know, and uh, I think the, the karaoke establishments and all that. And we said, no, you can't do that. And, mm. oh, I mean, there was, the mood was just palpably black and bleak. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, now two years later, you see, you know, recovery, shoots of recovery. But going in there, you know, and, and having to, and it's not just the tourism side, but in my own constituency, um, you know, just going door to door and then people are closed, you know, just helping, the, convincing our seniors to get vaccinated. Mm. Wow, the, the level of stress was through the roof. Mm. Yeah. But then you knew that once you, you go in, you're going in with eyes open, just get down to work. Mm. Yeah. So was that the most intense uh, period of your working life up to that point? Well, I think Terence, you know that it's, investment making is very, very intense also. Mm. Yeah, mm. But this one, the difference 
I mean, I, I mean, I worked hard at 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 banking and tech. I mean, that one I, you just is a is a given because you're mm. just hustling, you're just jonging, you know. Yeah. The difference in public sector and in public service is the when you go home and you're like totally spent, right? You're like, mm. oh, I made a difference. Mm. Yeah, really, you know, it's so oh, see, rewarding. Now, now that's that's the satisfaction you that get every day. The biggest satisfaction. Wow. Yeah, it's, like mm. people, you know, say, "Hey, thanks for making a difference." You know, mm. I'm like, "Oh, okay." This mm. one you can't get in a PNL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, PNL yeah. you get, you know, you can get your bonuses, you can mm. get your stock options, everything, mm. and you know, it's very different from the in the public sector. Yeah, but the reward that you made a difference in the crisis of a generation. Mm. Mm. And you know you're still now steering us now through the economic uh, downturn. Yeah, it is quite remarkable. Mm. I mean, later twenty years later, I look back, no regrets. Huh? Mm. Now it's like, oh, it's, it's a mm. lot of work, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, before you made the leap to politics, was it clear that you wanted to join the PAP, or was it ever in your mind to you be open as long as it's public service? No, it's very clear that I wanted to join the PAP mm. because um, number one. Um, you know, my, my parents and my grandparents were very clear they were fans of Mr. Lee mm. they knew what he did mm. the second is my mentor Dr. Lee Linio mm. who really embodied I mean there's one thing to say about the party but yeah. the party is represented by people yeah. mm. and mm. so Dr. Lee Linio for me was like okay, I'm joining because of how you serve Chinatown yeah. mm. and for her she's serving in white because Fair. of what MM did yeah. Mm. yeah. So yeah. I don't think people associate that much with the party, but with the people who represent the party. But actually, mm. there's something quite interesting because, uh, you know, we recently were looking at uh, like FTX, the founder, Sam Bankman fried mm. He has this idea of effective altruism, right? And mm. the philosophy of it is that I help the world by becoming as rich as possible and giving that money to the world, right? So looking at your background, um, Goldman Sachs, like you said, you could have become MD, made partner, made a lot of money, and then give back to the world by, you know, donating money or Starting what. a non-profit or... Yeah, yeah. At, whether at Facebook or LinkedIn, you're also in a huge position of power and, you know, like, whether it's uh, heading out a startup, also making a lot of money and giving back to society. But this thread that you've... I mean, this, this route that you've taken is actually... It started with volunteering, which is a very humble, a very on-the-ground, boots-on-the-ground kind of thing. Why, why do you think that approach of volunteering was the way that you wanted to give back as, a pro, as opposed to the other ways that people think about it, whether it's philanthropy or altruism, uh, effective altruism and all that. Why do you think for you, volunteering is the thing that, that made you want to do it? Yeah, I think many of us are wired very differently. Mm. Uh, you know, for me, I just found that, I found a little satisfaction mm. like, you know, when you, when you help somebody yeah. and there's that almost, there's that feedback loop. There is one particular story that embodies this. And it was when I was, I think, 20, uh, yeah, when I came back late 20s or early 30s. And uh, I helped with Dr. Lilinio setting up this uh, after school care mm. for youth mm. called Catch Plus in Jalan Kukuk. And there's this guy, I mean, he'll be very, very happy that I mentioned him because he's a wonderful guy. He's my mentee. His name is Shanger. Mm. And he has, I mean, there's a story you can Google and everything because he came from uh, 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 low income, very, very broken family in, in Jalan Kukuk. And he told a story about him and his brother. Um, and we set up this program called Catch Plus where, you know, after school, they will come, you know, provide free meals and then provide tuition and, and sports and everything for them. And 
you know, now we still keep in contact, you know. Mm. And now he's doing well. He's now uh, going to get married, going to mm. have a, 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 a flat. And he's overcome that. He says, no, I, I want to. And he's come back to serve also. Mm. And these kind of things. Uh, and he just texted me, right? And then later on, I think he just, he, he put something on, on IG and then he, ta- he tagged me as well. I'm like, wow, this kind of thing, you know, it, it Mon- is very rewarding. And money can't get that kind it's, of thing. You, yeah. you can't, you make an impact mm. in somebody's lives and mm. you multiply it by so many different people, you know. Uh, that is remarkable. Mm. Yeah. I see, mm. I see. Yeah, because it's, it's just, I mean, we've spoken about this, I think, with Dr. Janil. Mm-hmm. He was on as well, that in Singapore, uh, let's say the, the the path to public service seems to always start with being on the ground. Uh, you know, like, uh, whereas, you know, in the US and all, I think we had friends in uni and all who were like, oh, I want to go and work for government and be in a think tank or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so they study public policy or economics and all that. And it's a very professional career towards uh, government. Uh. But in Singapore, it's much more, it feels like, you got to start somewhere like uh, by really putting putting yourself on the ground, uh, you know, and then not just be at a high level looking at policy and all that. Uh. Um, do you think that that uh, kind of limits the talent pool that we can find in Singapore? Because uh, I also ask because like, like you said, you are from the private sector and there's always talk about, oh, it's so difficult to get people to join politics from the, from the pri- private sector because the trade-offs are not worth it and all that. Do you think in Singapore we... Because of the way we're, you know, we're structured in terms of uh, politics and all, that actually artificially limits our talent pool from the private sector. Uh, yeah, primarily. Yeah. I think it's become even more difficult to recruit mm. uh, because the rewards in the. I mean, if you think purely from economic terms or financial terms, the rewards in the public sector. I mean, the private sector, mm. uh, particularly if you are doing well in your, you know mid, late 30s, early mm. 40s. Yeah. And I have many, many good friends who are running companies or, or are, you know, partners in banks or startups. Yeah. I mean, the financial downside is significant, you know. Downside as in? The, the financial... Joining oh, the, joining... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, basically, to put it very bluntly, the pay cut is significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's a financial cost. Yeah. I mean, a financial consideration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you are, you know, doing quite successfully in, you know, your field. Mm. Um, uh, either in you know in 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 business, for yeah. example. Then there's also the the uh, emotional mental cost, mm. Um, mm. which is also I mean now particularly with the with social media and internet, mm. I mean sometimes you cannot hunt them, right? Yeah, you got these negative comments and everything. Yeah, so that's another one. And then the third one is also the time cost, like uh, it's very difficult, you know. And now you know you have to balance. You know, I mean, my wife mostly single parents, mm-hmm. and I do feel you know when I when I must at you know contribute la. and so you know from time to time, I mean, she's just a wonderful because she she holds the fort. Yeah, but she has to, she has to be in alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, before we go in, if she says no, then no la. Yeah, yeah. So, so was it a big conversation yeah. before it was you a big joined? Conversation, but was, it, mean, was it was it like a very long? Uh, period of thinking about it before you jumped into it. I mean, she knew where uh, my, uh, I mean, my, I mean, my love for Singapore, and mm. you know, she knows that if, uh, you know, if you have the the ability, yeah, and then you know, if you're called, then just go in, mm-hmm. yeah. But one thing which I think we do regret, uh, and I personally regret, I mean, the biggest cause for me is not the financial side or everything. Mm. The one is that I really wanted a third baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but mm. then, you know, she's like, ah, oh, uh, but then no time. Then I don't want to, you know, mm. change diapers alone and yeah, then, you yeah, know, yeah. wake up 
by myself and, you know, look at the baby. So, I mean, frankly, that was, to me, all the other costs can manage. Mm. But this one, I think, if you ask me for a regret, that would be my regret. Oh, really? Because yeah. I really, really, I mean, I, I'm really close to my two little ones. Mm. I really love it. I mm. really, so, but this is something which, you know, if there's one thing that we are not in alignment with is mm. this. Yeah. Mm, I, see, I would I love number three, but, you know, just like most of the time you're not home, man. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, I mean, like, how much time do you, like, it seems like you're doing a lot. You know, like you mm. mentioned these books you've read and all. And I personally, reading is one thing I wish I do more of. I just don't. I listen to podcasts and all, but how, how do you think about splitting your time? Are you very militant about, you know, like Elon Musk is like, he schedules his day in five minute intervals, right? Um, do you have a certain philosophy to that? Mm, no, I think the we have a lot of, uh, well, because I have typically four jobs now. Mm. One is you look after uh, my constituency, which is large enough and it stretches from Pekio, Cambridge all the way to Little India. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. I mean, that's a, that's a lot to do in, yeah. in, in that constituency. Then you have the MTI role. So next week I'm going to Mexico and then mm. you know, I'm scheduled to go to Uruguay also. So trade and industry, so it's business. Tonight I have another event with the main, or marine industry mm -hmm. after this. And then tomorrow we're doing something, I think, with, with one of the electric vehicle companies. So that's already a huge chunk, you know, yeah. the, yeah. the trade side. Then the Ministry of MCCY, Mm. So I, you know, I'm looking after youth, I'm looking after race and religion, and then, you know, I help with sports and arts and everything. Yeah. So you have, and then MAS, which is effectively a lot of uh, parliamentary questions. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's, you know, financial regulation, growing the fintech. So you have already four jobs. It's mm. like, well, one time, go in, four jobs. Yeah. Mm. And so you kind of have to manage it in, in a way. You have to have very understanding, you know, ministers as well. Yeah. Uh, because we are considered junior ministers in that regard. Mm. Um. But you also, I'm now beginning to also say no. Mm. So I hope people also understand when I say no, it's because I just need a breather too. Mm. Or mm. I really want to spend time with my wife and my children. Mm. Yeah. And it's also important to, to set aside time for, I mean, I, I love, uh, you know, uh, working out and playing football. Mm. So I have certain times where I'm like, non-negotiable. Mm. Yeah. But, but and, so like, uh, are you, is it, possible for you to go to your boss and say, I don't want my job scope too much. I can't deal with so much going on. Okay, because I, I only ask because literally before this podcast, I was like, hey, Harisha, I've been looking up Alvin Tan, like all his speeches recently and everything. He talks about everything. He talks about terrorism. He talks about you. Yeah, he talks yeah. about the HDB. He talks about, you know, uh, corporate debt and all that. He's covering so many things. Yeah, like, he literally told me that. How does he, how does, how, like, even we, we don't know all that much about everything. What are we going to talk to him about? Like, but I'm just thinking, how, how do you process all that different information and, you know, you have to deliver a speech here to, to you know, people in Mexico and then after that, you have to go for some dinner with some electric vehicle. Like, like what, how, how are you balancing everything? Because at least for like, when, when talking to Janil, I, I had this impression, okay, he, he really knows his field, like medicine and all that. And, he, you know, that's, and then, but he doesn't practice medicine anymore. Like, he, mm. So he's able to devote time to this. But for you as a junior minister, you came out of the private sector, all that, you know, you've not had that runway to like, okay, now I'm going to be in charge of like, uh, you know, housing policy and stuff like that or, or, or the MA, be on MAS board and all these things. How are you managing that learning and, and of information and, and just being able to talk eloquently and, and clearly about it to people? And do you have plans to start a YouTube channel on studying <laughs> podcasts? Yeah, podcasts. Podcast, you know, <laughs> ten ways to memorize yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, how how is that? How, how are you know balancing that. everything? It's very tough. Mm. I mean, I, I I 
I have to be very honest, it's very tough because you, yeah. you switch channels all the time. You know, last night we were doing something with uh, uh, A-Star. Mm. So then you got to switch to that. And then, um, you know, this, this morning we're doing something else uh, from culture. And yeah. then later on, is a, I think it's the marine industry. Mm. Yeah, and tomorrow there's electric vehicle and, and, and then so on and so forth. So, uh, I mean, I, you know, I think that's where sports come in for me. I just, okay. uh, I, I don't need to be the striker. But as mm. a teammate, you want me to play ball carrier. You're sorry. I mean, we're 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 a menu fan. So Philip mm. Neville role, where it's oh, low Philip key, yeah, yeah, you know, Philip that kind Neville. of like nobody knows. <laughs> like, place, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody yeah. knows one, but then you know, plays them important role, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you plug the gaps, like, You when plug the gaps. Yeah. 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 So I, gaps. I'm very clear. You know, if <laughs> you need me to plug that gap, I just I don't need to be the Ronaldo or whatever. I, mm. I just I just plug the gap for you. Mm. And because it's a big team. Yeah. So let's say if you know like. Like Minister Gan couldn't do something or or somebody else. Oh, I that. thought you play football with Minister Gan, you know. Or, no, we play. We have another team. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Secret yeah. League. Uh, yeah. Oh, the Secret League. Johnny also said. Yeah, So, yeah. So, so you just plug the play. You plug, yeah. you plug the the plug gap. The gap. You try yeah. to play the flanks and help the team as much as possible. Mm. Okay. But one, I mean, again, coming back to our original point about the learning, uh, uh, uh styles. So for me, really, the mind maps work okay. because my way sometimes. And I think students also don't need to be so hard on themselves if they cannot read, you know, that kind of notes where it's just so intense. Mm. So what I usually do is I, I see, you know, reams of papers, right? Mm. And I'm just like, okay, I just take out the key points. I put it down into a mind map. Mm. And then I, I think the biggest skill now to learn is how do you make connections mm. between certain points? Yeah. Then that's most important because then that's how innovation comes yeah. about. Mm. Yeah, and that's how I learned. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so is there like a, you were talking about some certain books that you read that you shared with uh, Josephine Tio, you know? is there like a book club within the MPs or what that you all share what you all read and what's interesting and then you all lend your each other? Things, uh, your shook <laughs> things, your shook books. Is, there, shook is books, there like yeah. this, how, how does, how do these kind of recommendations get shared around? Uh? Uh, sometimes through text. Okay. Uh, I think there's one time where uh, Minister Lawrence, last time he was Minister at DPM, he just hey, let's have uh, lunch. Mm. And then we were like just geeking out. He's like, hey, can I show you my Kindle? <laughs> His mm. Kindle. And he reads a lot. D.P. Oh, really? Wong reads a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's like sharing like, hey, I just read this, you know, I just read this. And yeah, and I think that helps because mm-hmm. we, we do a lot of like policy work, but to read something that is, you know, a bit more outside, you, yeah. it just gives you different ideas. Mm. Uh, sometimes, you know, PM will send us uh, some very good articles mm. or mm. some of the ministers and then we share a little bit. It helps you to get that sense. Mm. But we where we share, then we add some commentary, like just maybe mm. one, two lines and like yeah. how it applies to Singapore. Mm. Yeah. And mm. then if you want to read a little bit longer, then you just delve into that, mm. that book, you see. Mm. But those are helpful. This is I mean, like what Harish says, it's quite difficult to find time. Mm. Yeah. So so you know, like uh the one you said earlier that okay, through your work experiences, there's always a common thread, right? Mm. But now that you're like you're doing a lot every day, you're doing different things. Has there been a point in time where you've you felt like you're losing yourself? Mm. And if you have, how do you grapple with that? Losing yourself meaning just like because okay, like let's say for us in media production, right? Sometimes we are so caught up in producing podcasts, writing, you know, and we can't step back and think about okay, the big picture of mm. media, our business, what to focus on. And sometimes I do feel like when you know when we're writing a script about zombies or something, the next few days I'm like thinking of zombies. Who the fuck am I anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. don't know what is going on. Time means nothing. Do you feel that happening? I think it affects everyone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It affects yeah. everyone. I mean, sometimes to be frank, it gets overwhelming. 
mm. because you have so many different things. And yeah. some, I, there's one time, just on a Saturday, I've I had like eight or nine events, mm. and you are just you know, and I think something that I learned, and I'm a bit now much more understanding mm-hmm. to you know to, to many of my colleagues also is, you know, even though you are at an event, let's say you start the day at eight a.m. and you are at, you, your last event is eight p.m. People expect you to be as fresh as you are mm. at 8 a.m. Mm. But maybe at 8 p.m. you're like, oh man, I'm soft <laughs> out, man. I can't l- smile anymore. I can't, you know, play A game anymore. Yeah. Because you know, we're humans, right? I mean, yeah. it's flesh and bone, you know. Yeah. So I do feel sometimes like that. And and I ask some of my colleagues, I'm like, eh, how do you do it? Uh, so, you know, like, you know, the, the more, the ones who have been there for long, like Janelle mm. or others, then like, yeah, sometimes I go back home and I'm like zoned out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Harish and, and Terrence, the, actually, what's even more difficult for me is I'm introverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, you know, some uh, of my colleagues are extroverted. So, mm. they get a lot of energy yeah. from yeah. interacting. Yeah. For yeah. me, introvert, I don't know whether you are introvert or extrovert. I, I He's extroverted yeah. la, for sure. I For sure. For I sure. Think, <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on. Please, la, like, no, come on. no, no. I think it's not like if you, when you told me you were introverted, I was like, oh, really? Uh? I think I'm like that also. People think I'm extroverted, but I do... So this is the kind of debate that we have on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Obama was introverted, you know. Ah, yeah. if you yeah. go, if you go uh, research, I think yeah. he was. And uh, the difference but, was, but you 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 as in you self declare as introvert or you? No, I did the. Oh, you did the test. Oh, you self declare. The LinkedIn profile. The LinkedIn profile. So so you, okay. There's objective, but, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's objective too, yeah. and you yeah. also feel it because yeah. mm-hmm. if I ask more of my extroverted friends. Like my wife is extroverted. She's like, she needs to go out. Mm. Like, it's, I, it's like, if I, like, she has to and then she enjoys this company. And right? like, for me, I just, after a long day or anything, mm, I just, just want to go home, yeah. read my stuff, play FIFA. Mm. You know, that's my thing, you know. Mm. Yeah, so it's a bit more difficult. Yeah. But some people really get the energy. Yeah. So maybe a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's, there's a book about introverts, right? Mm-hmm. What's that book called? The, a World where uh, for Introverts. I, think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that, that the author, but, it really resonated with me because mm. they also said, you know, introverts, introverts also think a little bit mm. deeper, they're a bit more sensitive and everything. But yeah. So then like uh, being in, in, the, in the public sector and an introvert, that must mm. be like, a, like there's a lot that to, how you say, to, to, to overcome. Like. Is, it, is that a fair thing? Yeah. yeah it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. I, I have to admit that it's a struggle because, mm. uh, but I think I was, as I was now reflecting, like, yeah. how do I do this, man? Yeah. I was reflecting then, then, you know, but how do I do it, right? It's actually, I, I, I'm beginning to realize that my sense of duties helps me overcome mm. this introversion. Mm. So, so for me, again, it's like the teamwork, right? Like you ask me to do something, you know, if the team needs me to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Whether, you know, I'm, you know, I'm tired or entire, just take a quick five minute cat nap, power nap, or I will just go ahead and just do the job lah, because mm. I think duty calls for it. So mm. for me, it's quite clear. If duty calls for it, I would just do it. Mm. Yeah. But that means there was uh, during the pandemic all that, was there such a thing as work for work from home for you? Like, could there be a possibility of a day that, oh, I just only have meetings on Zoom? Or is every day is just you're running around? Yeah, I mean, you have to be on the ground. Okay, so yeah. And uh, I think leadership calls for the fact that when, you're, when your colleagues are on the ground, like, I mean, I was there with my STB team. Mm-hmm. You know, we were doing, doing raids and, mm. you know, making sure things are happening Oh, well. doing raids? Yeah, I mean, we, just, just inspection, right? Oh, inspection inspection okay. of whether people are flouting the rules. Mm. Because, I mean, now it seems a bit funny because yeah. you're like, 
you know, why are we doing that? But yeah. at mm-hmm. the point of time, you remember that, you know, there's a real risk of a spread. Yeah. 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 So at the early days, so, you know, they're like inspecting. Then I just joined them during um, the eve of New Year or the or, or Christmas Eve, you know, buy them like Tao Hui. These are the little things, you know, mm. if I can, you know, do to help the team, then just help the team. Mm. Wow. It goes a long way because they're like, they get, you know, they feel that, you know, we, we, we're in there with them. Mm. Mm. Well, what is yeah. a super tough conversation to have with wife and kids? Uh? Like holidays and all that where you're like, oh, I got oh, to. But then I, I spend like the evening, then it's oh, okay. like, uh, like I didn't, when they're sleeping already, then, 12, 12 30, 12 40, and I just go. Uh, uh, yeah. okay, okay. Oh, you mean the rates at 12 30, 12 I mean, these kinds, you know, oh, they're going and all yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the inspections. Uh, inspections yeah, I yeah. see, I see. So then, oh. you know, like um, like, like the, the public service, yeah, like what you said, there's a satisfaction for helping people and you generally are making change. La. But do you sometimes feel that at this point in time, maybe amongst maybe the, the younger demographic, or maybe there's a, there's a greater sense of the anti establishment right now? Uh, in society, on the internet, do you feel that as a bigger obstacle for you to face with each mountain? Like it's almost like if you if you work for the incumbent, the government, it's almost like you are you have to prove your your sincerity and authenticity. Mm. Do you ever feel that? Yeah. So yesterday I was at a today um, panel, mm-hmm. and they had a study. Let me see if I get it correctly. They said that I think majority of youths, uh, I mean, the, the the challenges they feel is inflation and the cost mm-hmm. of living. But they also want their, uh, their political leaders, their 4G leaders to be uh, more accepting of, of other views, uh, also more open, mm. uh, you know, more open to criticism and the likes. You see. So, uh, but I think also a majority of them trust the 4G leaders to guide them through yeah. mm. uh, the economic crisis. Mm. So there's some, uh, and based on this, this today survey of 1,000 yeah. youths, I think it's quite optimistic. Mm. Uh, one of the, I think one of the, the the learnings is also that many of them they don't know who the 4G leaders are. So I think we can do a bit more uh, work to, on on that front. Mm. But I think generally, of course, uh, you know, I think every youth or every as we now have as kind of established to a more advanced economy or advanced society, of course, we want more checks and balances, and it's yeah. just just very natural. Mm. But yesterday, as I also mentioned, it's very easy to to check. But then it's very difficult to govern. Mm, mm. And last week when we had our uh, debate on GST, uh, it's very easy for us to say, don't do law. Yeah. Mm, right? yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's politically stupid for us. As a, what's, what MPE are trying to say, it's politically dumb for us to raise GST, yeah. particularly in, a, in an inflationary environment. But this is where I think I do respect and I, I'm happy to be in a PAP and because we make the decisions where it is, if it's, if it's tough, but it's right. And GST, mm. nobody likes it, right? Nobody mm. wants to raise it. But we've seen that healthcare costs have tripled over the last 10 years and it's likely to triple in the next 10 years. Yeah, It's going to account for maybe 3 plus percent of, G- of, of our GDP. So we see that coming. We don't want to burden the next generation. Mm. And what we're doing is we didn't just hunt them this, you know. Mm. We, we looked at the figures. We say, okay, now we put in the GST uh, assurance package mm. and the cost of living package. We have to tailor it in such a way that it doesn't add to inflation, but yet it helps the most vulnerable. Mm. So even though you put in GST, uh, it, the GST assurance package ensures that the bottom, the lower income will not be affected by t- for 10 years mm. and most Singaporeans in the middle income will not be affected for five years. So it's mm. actually quite similar to the calls by the WP to delay GST. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's, that's something which I really respect that what we are doing uh, either in GST or even 377A, whereas these are very touchy 
spiky topics. I mean, we are not opposition. We are not, you know, uh, at the at, at that fringe. We are governing. Mm. And when you govern, you have to take a stand. Mm. You have to deliver on it. Yeah. Well, I'm quite, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be part of the team that does this. Mm. Not shy away from difficult mm. questions. Well, well, what do you say to those people who, you know, critics who say, of course, lah, you know, like uh, ministers with their salaries and everything, you know, they're out of touch with the person on the ground who's, you know, GST is going to hit them badly. Well, what, what do you, do, do you really, how would you respond to people like that? Lah? Uh, so the, this ministerial salaries have been, mm. uh, debate has been on for, you know, since many, many, many different yeah. years ago. Yeah. I think MM had also mentioned that you need to uh, make sure, you know, you have to have good people in government. Mm. Mm. I don't, for one moment, believe that any of us go in, you know, to go and uh, for financial reward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've already mm-hmm. shared with you that many, the reason why you cannot find people of, you know, my, you know, a lot, lot, of, a lot of my colleagues or my peers is because financially, mm. that might not it's be, a big, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But, you know, politically, you can't say that publicly. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, that is the truth. And mm. as private sector salaries rise, you, you look at ministerial salaries, it hasn't risen, you know, it's actually stagnant, and mm. I think, I think you check me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I think there was a, a cut during mm. COVID time. Mm. I went yeah, in, I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yes, yeah. And we didn't even blink an eye. I I went in. They're like, okay, we had. I th- I think it was a third or something like that, thirty percent. I mean, for me, that wasn't even a consideration. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm. PM asked me to join the team. I'm going in there. I'm just doing my best. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So so I think that as as now time has elapsed you'll see that I, I, I don't believe for a moment that people go in for financial reward because mm. the financial rewards outside, if for any knowing person, I mean, you, you, all, you all know yeah. that mm. there are more opportunities outside. Yeah. But you need to find people who really, you know, have that. And for the amount of work, uh, mm. yeah. you, you can, I mean, these things, nobody tell you, oh, Alvin, you have to go on to, into your market, you know, at this time at, and wake up at this time and this time. We go in because we believe in it and, and it's hard work. Mm, mm. You know, six a.m. sometimes twelve midnight. You know, if any if anything happens in my constituency, I'm going there. You know, I'm helping out on the ground, fire, or you know my uh, whatever that happens on the constituency. So you are going there because you are pulled for a sense of calling. Mm. It's very clear. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely clear. So, mm. so do you see yourself staying in politics like for the next twenty thirty years, or what's what? Like, do you have any idea at all? Or I don't you have found your, your calling already? I, I would say that the work is very, very hard. Yeah. And it's very, very intense. Mm. Uh, but it's also very rewarding in, in the ways that I mentioned mm. earlier on. Mm. Uh, I, I don't for once, uh, you know, assume that I'm going to stay for a very, very long time. And there's a reason for that. One is you just can't assume because it's, I mean, some people might think next round, I want to have more people come in from the opposition. <laughs> then you just leave, huh? Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. but you have, but we work hard on the ground every day. Mm. I'm in touch with my residents every day, you know, clearing their requests, going down and, and all mm. that. So we do the work on the ground. And then ultimately after five years, you just, if you think that we are able to help you then, you know, you vote us back in. Mm. But if it's not, then, you know, I think we really have to reflect and see whether what we can do better. Mm. But for me, it's, it's, it's clear because like what my mentor said, right? I don't, I, I have not for one moment conflated my position with who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if one day, you know, PM or uh, or the next PM says, hey, thank you, Alvin, for your service for the 
X years, you know, uh, you know, we we won't feel you again. Uh, I'm totally fine, and I have to be fine because that's my disposition. Mm. This is not my identity, mm. and if this is not my identity, then the decisions that I make and my motives, you know, are actually much more authentic. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, given, given, given what you said, like, do you, do you think any of your ex-colleagues or people that, you know, your peers from work in school last time have been inspired by your experience and now want to like come forward and serve in politics? Or, or maybe maybe you've told them, hey, don't, don't, don't yeah. join. Don't no, join. I, I, I always tell them to join. Then they say, <laughs> well, tell them to join. Then I say, hey, don't they come, they come, then uh, they say, don't want to, you I see you. You want to do like that. I don't want to go and join. They say, no, 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 you must, you must. Yeah, and it's like, well, do you even sleep at all? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, <laughs> got you like book, just take uh, espresso shot or something. Got read book, yeah. Yeah, lunch with Lawrence Wong, you know, all these yeah, things. Still, yeah. got, like, still got time to, to relax. <laughs> but but yeah, like, do you think you've and your your experience encourages people to to maybe think about joining politics or or like maybe dissuade them because they see like, oh shit, I could be doing so much better outside, you know? I, I think you really need that uh, really, I mean, again, although it sounds cheesy, you really have to have that love for people in the country. Mm. And to make that difference. Uh, it sounds cheesy, but it's really, if you're on the ground, uh, you will know what I mean. Uh. Mm. Yeah, that, that sense of like, oh, I really, and I just, just, just that day, I had two people coming to my MPS and like, hey, thank you for solving this. Mm. You know, or thank you for speaking to my daughter. You know, it, yeah. it helped her. Like, oh, okay. Mm. And it mean, uh, meant a lot, you see. Yeah, so these things are very intangible. Nothing that financial reward can ever, you know, take place. But for, I think, you know, if I, I look at one person I really admire a lot is Dr. Tan Si Ling, mm. uh, who's Minister of Manpower. And I mean, he's had such a successful career. I mean, yeah. But he, he came in at 50, 55. Mm. I think he's I mean, much, much I mean, senior to me. But, you know, he's got it made already, right? But he comes in, mm. you know, has the two, one of the two most crazy portfolios, manpower mm. and trade and energy. Mm. And, you know, kudos to him. Uh, the, the amount of work he puts in, um, I, you know, these are the, you know, quite intangible. Really mm. respect. I see, mm. I see. Mm. So when you say amount of work is just like the, the, the time he spends on the ground, the time yeah. he spends. The time he spends on the ground, the time he spends to master his brief, the time that he spends to come up with policies, bring different people to land policies like Compass, like the One Pass, uh, I'm doing some a lot of work with him on helping our migrant workers, uh, on CPF, on energy. I mean, if you just look at what he's done, man, it's quite mm. incredible, you know. Mm. On short, a, such a short time. Yeah. But if you ask him, he'll say, "Well, ESM Goshok Tong had asked him, mm. and he he found a sense of calling, but he's, and he could easily just go and retire." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. and that's why. Yeah, I really have respect for. Mm. So, so in ten years' time, people will be saying, "Oh, you know, uh, 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 like Minister Alvin asked me, and I had to join." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. that's what's gonna happen, uh, right? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> he like, yeah, he oh. called me, and I was there. I had to turn up. He told me, "Yeah, <laughs> turn up," and I was there. I turned. That up. would be ideal. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's not like I see him. Then tell her I don't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> But so, yeah, you you yeah. Were a lot of, you were talking about you had a lot of different portfolios or at least you're plugging a lot of the gaps where your colleagues are you know are trying to well, fill just the, uh, help mm. uh, I think complementing yeah mm. but for you like if is there one particular area that you hope that you can be can be your focus 
going forward or what. Like, if you could spend more time on it, lah. Yeah. If there's one area that you you would want to be focused on. Yeah, I really enjoy my portfolio, uh, because I did not, you know, you 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 come in, I. I'm thankful to PM and to others who, who who gave me these portfolios because I think I'm on I'm in the right lane. I mm. mean, there are there are ones that stretch me like you know for tourism I I didn't have a clue about tourism before mm. or agri food tech before, uh, but I'm doing a lot of work on like uh, the the tech sector, uh, in uh, also investments. Um, I, I I wasn't very familiar with trade with Latin America. Now I have studied it mm. and I hopefully mastered a brief. Mm. So there's enough stretching. Uh, I really enjoy the race and religion portfolio, mm. and I think we've done a lot of good work in 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 making our IRCC, the interracial and religious confidence circle, making it modern after yeah. twenty years, calling it harmony circles, making it more youthful, more diverse, mm. and more tech based, mm. digital. Mm. So I'm very proud of some of these things. Even like our culture, our youth side, right? Launching mentoring SG, mm. and then also the uh, mental well being network. Mm, mm. So these things are quite impactful mm. that we've done. Uh, if you ask me, I think I'm quite in a sweet spot in that regard. MAS, I kind of enjoy the 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 intellectual rigor about finance, fintech, and mm, and mm. and all that. Uh, I mean, I think over time, if you look at how you know different people have uh, 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 transitioned, some will you know you go into you know other ministries. Then mm. I think I'll have to pick up mm, you know? mm. But I think I'm quite in a sweet spot now. It's yeah. just that there's too many things. Yeah, mm. I feel tired just listening to you listing out. <laughs> I'm also quite tired. Yeah, those different things. Things. <laughs> I was no, like, how your mind has to jump between so many channels at one go. No, and yet you're you're generally a smiley person, right? Is it like do you have like five minutes like every day where you just like go in a room, lock yourself <laughs> and scream or, or or shout or what's your release? Uh? I know you mentioned play FIFA. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But FIFA now is intense also. Is no, it? because the new FIFA 23 mm. actually makes me more angry. Oh. <laughs> it's very hard. Mm. Yeah. Because so, of the physics and the ball physics. Yeah, the ball that, physics. Right? So I play with a, a very, very good friend and we, we've been playing for like since FIFA that like 16 or something. Mm. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I usually like, you know, we are either at par or there's one part of time in FIFA 22, I kind of trash him, you know, like yeah. two, uh, <laughs> And now he's been trashing me. I haven't won one season. What was the dif- what's the big difference? No, I think it's the okay. Either I'm damn tired after a long day, and, I, uh, and you cannot force this. You know, yeah. your reflexes you cannot, like your reflexes. You cannot go into the tackles. Yeah, oh yeah. You yeah, must yeah. hold your line one. Oh. So I'm like very. I was like, oh, I just want to get a score, right? You must be patient. Yeah. So I leave a lot of gaps, and then he's like trashing me, you know, like then. Well, I just want to throw the bloody thing. <laughs> he's like, he's like, it's like the modern game, lah. Now you have to really like be disciplined as a, you as have a defense, to be and mm. you can't have any gaps, no holes. And uh, it really starts all the way from the goalkeeper. Upwards, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah kind of crazy. So you, yeah. you play like online like with your friend and yeah, all that? Yeah, I play it. online. Uh-huh. Yeah. I cannot uh-huh. play foot at uh, the yeah. ultimate team because you, it's a lot of, you have, it's a lot of uh, time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you just play online seasons, friendly. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite fun. So uh-huh. if we catch you screaming, it's probably while you're playing FIFA. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's mostly now yeah. FIFA. <laughs> I want to go and relax, but then it makes me, you know, it turns me in a bad mood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> then your friend will purposely choose the days like after parliament and like, hey wanna play yeah, a game he's like, hey wanna <laughs> wet I'm like dude you know you just wanna have an easy game right <laughs> oh, but actually on that note like speaking about games you think it's time for the, the one shook mm. one yeah. shook or oh, yeah. you had any other questions no no, no I think I think we're good we can talk about the one shook yeah. Yeah. so, so we, we, we told you what we do normally yeah. at the end of every podcast a one shook thing we'll go first um, and then it'll come to you so this is just something to share with our listeners uh, Terence, would you like to? Why don't you go first? Eh? I go first. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me, 
uh, one thing I came across recently, which I mentioned way back as a shock thing also, is this content creator called um, Unnecessary Inventions. Mm. So I first started following him, I think about two years ago when he had like 40,000 followers on Instagram or maybe, maybe even less. He's a product designer that, and his tagline is creating solutions for problems that don't exist. La. So basically, it would be stuff like, uh, you know, you know, like Thanos uh, had an infinity uh, ring, gauntlet. Uh, infinity gauntlet with mm. the five rings, right? He would come up with something that can hold the sauces of chicken McNuggets, <laughs> you know, and it's just to dip. La. And then uh, one thing I saw recently was on your TV, if you don't want to watch commercials, like anytime a commercial plays, these curtains will come and cover the curtains and it says ad break. And then, so, and, and he started off just doing videos, uh, uh, photos, and then now videos, so he shows the do-it-yourself, I mean, the, the behind-the-scenes. Now he has a fully-fledged studio that turns some of those into actual products, just mm-hmm. as centerpieces and all that. And I just read an article recently about how he's built a business. He has his dream, like, 3,000-square-feet studio with 19 3D printers, and he just makes the most ridiculous shit and... He's huge. Now I think he's like 2 million followers wow. or something. And his content is one of those that you watch. It's not like like clickbaity, you know. It's just good content. And it's fun. Mm. So I, I respect his his hustle as he's a IG. creator. IG, YouTube, mm. TikTok. Cool. Very well produced. And he just makes fun shit. Fun shit. Yeah. Mm. Unnecessary inventions. That's yeah. cool. What about you? Uh, my one shock thing is uh, actually this NBA season. I don't know if uh, you mm. follow basketball or anything, but... This, there's something crazy going on right now in the mm. NBA. Like the last season's champions, the Golden State Warriors, uh, they have historically the worst record of any champion starting the season. And the, the team that was projected to finish last in the NBA is now number one. Is the Utah it? Jazz, yeah. They sold all their all-stars and now, but for some reason, oh. they are the number one team in the NBA right now. Uh. So everyone is very puzzled what is going on that, you know, the the... Good, supposedly good teams are all just like falling off the wayside whereas the teams that are projected to do very badly are just like for some reason gelling and, and it's working la. then you couple that with whatever's going on in, uh, with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets you know there was a controversy about how he he tweeted something that was anti-Semitic and, and you know almost refused to apologize and then people had to step in and, and you know suspend him the NBA had to step in and suspend him so there's just so much drama going on with the NBA season right now that I feel like it's 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 uh, of all the different sports going on. Uh, I mean, football also has its own hey, drama. World Cup, World Cup, coming, World. Yeah. yeah. But the NBA is like this. No one's talking about it as much as yeah, they should yeah. because it's just so crazy right now. All the statistics about it, uh. So yeah, do check it out if you're if you're if you want to just sit through a season that seems a bit strange. This is the season, uh. mm, Okay, Golden cool. State did really well last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're the champions, yeah. and, but this year they they haven't won a single game on crazy. the road. And they still have all the players, like um, yeah, most of them. In fact, oh, they've, they've they've bumped up the the, the squad if anything. Oh, but, yeah. cool. There, there's a video about it talking about how crazy all the statistics are for the season. Mm, mm. So we'll and we're halfway through already. Is it? No, just the just, oh, just a few weeks. Just something. Something. Yeah, yeah. I'll go check it out. Yeah, yeah. cool. But yeah, what and is what your you? one shoot thing? Oh, I think we we briefly touched on yeah, it yeah. Last, <laughs> uh, at the start. It's the it's the mind blowing uh, uh, Ronaldo interview. Mm. Yeah, that is um uh, and. I'm in two minds mm. because uh, I'm a huge United fan. Mm. Are you a Ronaldo fan? Uh, yeah, of course I'm ah, a Ronaldo okay, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, I, I, but more of a United fan because, mm. you know, from the days, even before Cantona, mm. uh, so it's another mercurial uh, uh, striker. Mm. Yeah. Wait, you said you're a fan pre-Cantona, even before Cantona? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Mark Hughes and all. Mark Hughes was Mark before? Hughes, yeah. yeah. Wow. Brian Robson as a, as a little boy, uh, you, know, you see there. Uh, 
Uh, and then Cantona came from Leeds, yeah. you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember um, that. So Ronaldo, you know, I was quite disappointed. I think many of the United fans were disappointed because mm. number one, you know, he, he didn't play as well as last year. Then he didn't, he refused to be subbed. I mean, he, yeah. no, he did not even come for preseason. Mm -hmm. And then he refused to be, uh, to play or the, when Ten Hag yeah. asked him to play yeah. at the Tottenham game. Yeah, yeah. So then I think this week, uh, you know, he was revealed that he, uh, had a very explosive interview with Piers Morgan. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, on, on, on one hand, I'm like, you know, dude, you're a legend, right? Why mm. do you want to destroy your reputation and, and this love affair with uh, the Old Trafford faithful mm. yeah, by, by doing this, you know? Mm -mm. Yeah. So yesterday, you know, I was just watching uh, one of the YouTube videos mm. where Piers Morgan uh, uh, kind of revealed a little bit and he says, no, you guys just, there is a reason why Ronaldo did some of these things. Mm. So he's slowly, you know, raising the the uh, raising the curtain about the interview. And what 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 Ronaldo mentioned is that you know his you know at the start of the season he lost his his twin babies. Mm. Yeah, yeah, And he lost the son who, yeah. who died. Still birth. Yeah. Still birth. And then the the twin daughter uh, during the start of the season, uh, she was ill. Mm. Yeah. So she he said like you know this is my daughter la. I want mm. to be there. Uh, for her and mm. my family, yeah. So in the interview, and this is this is now open on YouTube. This interview says that he said, you know, but the Old Trafford uh, leadership didn't believe him, so he didn't feel respected and all that. So mm. it also got me thinking, like I was maybe was I too quick to judge, like you know, why do you you mm. know, you're a superstar? Why do you do this? Yeah, there's always maybe two sides of the story. Mm. So I'm, yeah. So I you're think, looking. Your one shook thing is the going to listen to the full interview. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm I'm very very excited about this because mm. I think I I hope that it pans out well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether, you know, ultimately, because now the World Cup is on the cusp, right? Yeah. And he's really now training with the Portugal team, the Portuguese team. I think World Cup starting next week. Yeah. Is it next week? November right? 20th. November yeah. 20th. Yeah. So, I I don't have high hopes that he's going to stay in United because it seems mm. like you burn all the bridges. Yeah. Yeah, but it's quite interesting. But mm. do you want him to stay at United? As a I mean, fan? yes, I do. I think he has a lot to, to offer. Mm. Because last year he scored more than Harry Kane, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In a sh in, like, and they're playing shit. Yeah, yeah. So I think, and I, I admire him because of the way in which he looks after his body. He's thirty-seven, mm -hmm. and you cannot just you know like that lose your professionalism. Yeah, mm. I mean to yeah. play at that level, at, at that high level, you must have that discipline. So what cracked mm. him? Yeah, mm. that yeah. for me is very intriguing. Is yeah, I mean it's yeah. the same for me. Like um, because yeah. we are recording this on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, if this comes out a few days after the interview, the world might have changed already. Yeah. But uh, earlier today when we were recording our podcast, I also was talking about the interview, and mm. I also feel as much as I'm disappointed in yeah. him to do it. It doesn't make sense. Uh, just based on his track record, to suddenly go off tangent like this, lah. Mm. So, 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 like you also, I think there's something more to it. I don't know whether the interview will reveal everything. He might still come off looking like an asshole, mm. but it just feels like there's there's something a bit off. Yeah, I'm also a huge Ronaldo fanboy, So I'm totally biased. Yeah, uh, and now I hope he wins the World Cup and becomes top scorer. <laughs> so I, I told Harish, I told Harish, the only thing that seems to be excusable from what Ronaldo did is, let's say, yeah, that that thing about his daughter and all mm. that. If that made him emotional and made him flare up and and you know like post something on on social media to complain about it immediately, I would understand. But it seems like there's been a bit of time since then, uh, And usually, you know, with time, those emotions kind of like mm. you know they you cool down and you don't think so uh, emotionally about it. So yeah, I also think that there must be something more to it because 
to me, the big question mark is why does he say that his coach doesn't respect him and he doesn't respect mm. the coach? Because that is like, you know, a player-coach relationship is like, it's such a important thing in any club. Like, even though someone like Ronaldo, like you can't talk about your coach in that manner. That's mm. like, you burn the bridges, you know, just by doing that. Yeah. So, was it something that was said or promised or what that wasn't delivered that, to make him say something like, I don't respect my coach? Because mm. now, even if he wants to leave uh, Man U, Everyone's gonna be like, oh, how are you gonna? What yeah. you gonna say about the coach? You know, what are you gonna say about the the, the and squad? Who, want, who wants him? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's not just burning bridges with Manu. It's burning bridges with um, you know, you know, like uh, people saying that you're professional. That's why I'm very That's true. like you really, uh, you've really like uh, jumped the shark, lah, so to speak, in terms of like people saying oh, you're a consummate professional. Because uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a Manu fan, but I was very excited about him coming back because. Mm. You rarely see that kind of loyalty, that kind of like, oh, player wants to come back and help the team that is not doing that well, you know, that kind of thing. You rarely see that in any sport. It's all individuals and, you know, like LeBron James pulling all his friends together and player power and all that. So I can't stand that. So Ronaldo coming back to me was such a, oh, such a beautiful thing. Oh, and then he scored a lot of goals and a lot of nice moments. But this was like, wow, crazy. Yeah, I, crazy. Can't, I can't understand it. Although, yeah, like, like, like I mentioned, as a parent, you understand that that, that daughter yeah. thing. If someone, if I if someone would do that to me as well, I would also be like, I'm done here, you know. Mm, but um, true. I don't know, man. This one is just a, it's such a confusing. Ooh, yeah. So it yeah. is a one shock thing for for all of us. Uh, yeah. We want to see what is going on, but it's like watching a, it's like watching a car accident as you pass by and you're like, oh shit, did it really have to happen? But you're like, oh, I I, I want to see, I want to see. You know? uh, I'll message you next week. Uh, maybe next week you're like, oh, Ronaldo is dead in my he's book. Out. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. You never know. Dead, right? yeah. 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 But it's, it's also it reminds us that everybody's yeah. fallible. Uh. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. No matter, exactly. you know, whether you're a goat or you're not a goat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there are not many goats that attain that. I mean, also, also, is another one. But does that tarnish in your mind uh, the, the goat discussion for you? For no, I think uh, on the pitch, uh, and even in the way, you know, there's this video of him uh, kind of berating his Juventus teammates. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, it just shows you how intense a competitor he is. Yeah. But then there's also another video of him like encouraging his younger teammates in Portugal. And yes, others Portugal. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, oh, and, and there's also one with, the, you know, when they just pre-warm up, he's also, you know, encouraging. So like, it doesn't gel. Yeah, it doesn't it gel. It seems as though from the preview that, you know, I mean, family for us, I mean, it definitely mm. comes first. Mm. So I think he may have felt disrespected. Mm. Yeah. But we are all humans. I mean, he apologized for yeah, the Tottenham sure, yeah. outburst too. Yeah. yeah. But oh, sometimes oh. we pin our hopes too much on our idols. Yeah. Not no, not, not recognizing or remembering that yeah, human. Like, like us, they're also human. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think that's the cognitive dissonance that many fans are living with now. Like, Shut that, up, like, Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> That you want to love him so much, but he's done something that no, like No, I did not I do not say he's right. I just I say he's wrong. But there must be something to it. it doesn't no, make I, sense. I'm saying I, I empathize with what you guys no, are no, feeling. No, it's it's a damn <laughs> tough thing to live with when someone you've idolized for twenty years, you know, and you and he comes back as the prodigal son. Then the next moment he's tell just how like, much Terrence is enjoying this. That's true. I love it. I love it. This is <laughs> drama, this is, drama. This is the kind of thing that um, really peels back what, what goes on in the football clubs. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as it's just a sport, it's also humans, group of humans, humans coming together and yeah. needing to find a way to work together towards a goal. And like, some of the World Cup is happening next week. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the last World Cup for him. And uh, Messi maybe as well. Yeah. yeah wow. Two legends of the game. Yeah. You're gonna be watching the games? I would love to. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so you no sleep. You're not gonna sleep in November. I'm like but sleep, there's like, some yeah. like nine PM, yeah. there's twelve, there's yeah. three AM, right? Yeah. 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 Try that, try it. <laughs> yeah, try, try, try. <laughs> but cool. cool. 
Yeah, thank you so much Thanks, for coming. Yeah, thank you yeah, so much. Uh, I think that was a good a good amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and hope you had fun. And if in future, if there's any chance for you to come back, we would love to have you. Yeah. Yeah, just text me, man. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks, Harris. And thanks, Harris. thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you all soon.